I think the idea behind the workshop is really to get people to see the value behind some of these things that maybe we don't initially think of as having any innate value, but actually transforming this truly just rubbish into something really beautiful that then you can take home and grow and flourish into something new. I think it's really symbolic for how our hopes and dreams maybe for the planet and how individual actions can kind of shift the wider problems in the world. Hello and welcome to the E17 Art Trail podcast series. Now in its 17th year, the E17 Art Trail will run from the 1st to the 18th of July. It's a creative festival showcasing the abundant creativity of Walthamstow's multicultural artistic community and is curated by the fabulous Artillery Massive. This year's theme is Possible Futures and we look forward to definitely chatting with some of the trail's participants. Good evening, and here we are at the Art Trail live launch event at Creative Works on Black Horse Lane. I think my main point is that we really felt how being involved in a creative process, you know, that you are creating, that you are like building something beautiful and, you know, we are very much very respectful and we, as you can tell, we have fun together. Um, so it was beautiful, you know, to, you know, to have something to look forward to as well, you know. of your group yeah, but yeah. Uh, individually do you want my, to introduce yeah, yourself my name is Api Ascaso Api Ascaso that's right not bad, <laughs> not bad at all. and I'm Lail Bar Lail Bar Lail Bar B-A-R-R we played first time on Sunday mm-hmm. and it's with audience small legal audience (laughs) and it felt really emotional because we I think what was really painful in the in the second lockdown especially but generally that you feel you need something else to survive you don't just need a roof and food you need need something something else else. you need the arts you need creativity you need need something in your communication yeah people warmth and it felt as if there it isn't a world the, out there for yeah. it, and I think this is really heartwarming to see that. So this performance felt like the sort of opening of your hearts again. Well, I feel generally everybody feels like that. It's like yeah. it's, we are all coming out, no? like and, uh, and it's really. I mean, I think we went through a phase that you appreciate the simple life and the things yeah, that you know really sure. connect with the, to the things that you really want to do and make you happy. And now mm-hmm. when we are coming out, it's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what, you know, I'm moving out of London. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, not only is there magic in the music that you create, wonderful magic, 
with with heart. But there's something magic between you two. <laughs> it, that's 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 an amazing thing. You could feel it's, it. Uh, it's almost tangible. It's really lucky when you find um, musical partner that you can really create something special with. It's really precious. It's almost like marriage, isn't it? It's almost like a meant to be. Yeah, I think that's when we played together. We knew. Yeah. And actually the first song that we performed today, La Perla, that was our first song together and I was just improvising. I had a classical concert and I had to do this ground and Api started to improvise on it and then we kind of knew we were going to do something yeah. together. Just your instruments, that was also fascinating. So but your, your instrument, your, your voice, is like an instrument, is there training behind there? Or? I'm actually a piano, piano player. Your piano? Yeah, classical train. Uh, but it's the instrument that I play the less, to be honest. And then through other performances, my voice started like coming out and then I've been kind of, I haven't had any training at all. And I, I don't think I want to have it because no. it's, too, it's too raw. It's beautiful. <laughs> I just leave it like that. And then, and then you have these amazing, this, what is the... It was I like the bass recorder. So I am actually, I was trained as a proper classical musician. Yeah. For many years, I came here to London to study, but uh, actually I specialize in early music that is very specific, mm -hmm. but um, this, my viol is really wonderful for collaborations because it, it has um, the lowest string is like double bass, the top one is like a violin and you can have all the double stops few notes together and you can pluck it so it kind of calls for exploring yes there's magic in there so Api is more one of these people that she will take a glass and it makes make it sound amazing but I'm quite like with my classical instruments more and then um, you're going to be doing a concert also live yeah. yeah on the 17th of July we will do two sets of half an hour each Five o'clock and five thirty, and that's Straight in the, after each other, yeah. yeah, and that's in Saint Mike, Saint Michael's Church. It's outside in the garden, Beautiful. Um, and we are hosted by Madame Boutel Dule. You will say Madame that. Yeah. <laughs> Dule. Have you met her? Yes, yes. Yeah. fantastic. She's this artist, and then she kind of makes costumes and clothes with recycling materials so it's kind Wonderful. of the new concept of reuse, adapt, reuse, recycle. Are you going to be wearing some costumes? I think Maybe. so. Yeah, we are going to so wear like it. Definitely. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. <laughs> you are all very welcome. I think, and we, she's planning a parade in the market on the 17th at 3 o'clock and all the people that come needs to wear recycled clothes, ideally dungarees, but it doesn't have to be. And she's going to march with amazing frock made of bottles of milk made of plastic. Oh. So check her out, she's amazing. It's my name, Nogarita. Nogarita, and the group's called Nogarita, and you're Nogarita. Wonderful sounds. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful music. So, you're a Walthamstonian? Yes, already more than seven years now. <gasps> 
crazy. Nice, yeah. nice. I've been really involved in projects in Walthamstow, um, mainly through the music hall, through Sam Jones. Um, so I'd actually, when I started this little project in 2018, yeah. we did our launch gig at St. Mary's Music Hall. Uh-huh. Um, and then even now, leading up to the recording, we did a little exchange. So he gave us the space next to St. Mary's that we can rehearse, which is really big and nice. Um, also because of COVID, we didn't want to be like nine musicians stuck in a little rehearsal room with no air. So it was so nice to, to sure. just rehearse there. And then as an exchange, he came and filmed us and showed it to um, some music students through the, yeah. the music service, Walthamstow Music Service. And then I did like a Zoom with them explaining about the songs and they were asking questions generally about like how it is to be an artist and da da da. So it was really nice. Nice, like a live event. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also when it was the Borough of Culture, um, I organised the jam sessions for musicians from the Borough. We called it the sound of our borough, and it was really cool. Very nice. Where there was, did you? Where did you? Perform? It was in. Uh, well, it was in Number One Hall Street, where yeah, the, you know, the where corner. now is the the, the um, test centre. Cool. That's where now. It used to be where they were. They were. <laughs> yeah, where the kind of all the cultural planning was happening. Yeah. Um, it was so nice. We had amazing musicians. That's fantastic. Thanks very much for playing for us. It was wonderful to hear you, and thanks for yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And we have Osman from Haven Coffee. And Osman, tell us a bit about Haven Coffee, because it's a rather special coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, sure. So basically, my name is Osman, and I am the founder of uh, a social enterprise, Haven Coffee. <laughs> the, the idea behind Haven Coffee is, and the mission behind Haven Coffee is to serve ethically sourced, fair trade, organic uh, cup of specialty coffee to the local communities. Uh-huh. Uh, but with the social mission behind it is, and the social mission is to break the false narratives around refugees in the society through both performing and visual art. We run different art events where very talented refugee and migrant artists perform or exhibit their work to show show people that the refugees and migrants are an asset to this society and they are not uh, a burden to this society. Uh, we are very proud and we are very happy that we are opening our very first uh, cafe uh, in Walthamstow on 76 St. Mary Road uh, by end of July. So uh, Nice, right by the station? Yeah, right by the station. Yeah, ideal, nice location, ideal location. Yeah. Uh, and you guys, uh, whoever is, is live nearby or wherever they are, uh, they are welcome to come. We welcome will, to come. We will come. Uh, and, uh, Taste your coffee. Through these art events, one of our event is uh, comedy gigs under the head of uh, La Facino. So we organized uh, comedy gigs where different comedians from uh, um, different migrant and refugee backgrounds they come and perform. And uh, one of the one of the person who is just standing next to me now at the moment uh, who just performed here as well, Mo Umar. Uh, I met him uh, uh, and he's an amazing amazing uh, artist. Although I'm, I know what he's gonna say, he's gonna say that he's he doesn't have any skill, but he is a very skillful <laughs> and very took away ta- talented, yeah. talented person. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I have lines prepared. <laughs> yeah, my name is Mo. I'm from Wales. Uh, yeah, this is what we look like now. It's you know, it's global warming. It's global warming. So, <laughs> myself, I've dropped out of uni four times. You know, I'm studying philosophy. The thought that counts. Hello, that's a very, ex- it's a very expensive joke. I'm still paying that joke off. I'm one of the comedians that Usman wrangles. 
Uh, and um, <laughs> see, I'm not going to insult myself, I'll insult you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, it was really nice to do the show tonight. It was really fun. You rarely get that opportunity to see how your jokes work in that space. So that's always great. And it's always nice to see other performers uh, with actual talents. So we actually, we just recently did our third gig uh, on 19th of June uh, at 21 Soho. We also uh, just recently ran uh, an online exhibition. Uh, it was one week uh, online exhibition uh, during Refugee Week from 14th to 20th of June. The best way is to follow us on Instagram, which is haven underscore coffee uh, or the same handle is for Twitter as well. So if you follow us there, you will know when and where we are next. And if you want to follow me, I walk usually down by Black Horse Road once a week and uh, I'll be on my own in a blue jacket. So you can just kind of like <laughs> just trail me for You'll a while. You'll be telling jokes. No, no, no. Uh, so I'm, I'm at Moke Ultra. So it's like M so M-O-K-U-L-T-R-A. So Moke Ultra. It's like the project MK Ultra, but Moke Ultra. Nice. Uh, it's not very smart. It hasn't worked for <laughs> five years. It's very terrible branding. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter or just email me at momarkcomedy at gmail.com. Uh, but cool. yeah, thank you so much. Well, for thanks, me. guys. It's thank been lovely, guys. lovely meeting you. Thank you very much. Have you recorded? <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely leave that on at the end. Have yeah. you recorded that? Hi, my name's Dale. I'm here in the Gavin Coyle workshop, which is in Boundary Road, Walthamstow. And uh, we're doing our usual E17 Art Trail open workshop where we show where we work and what we do. So um, it's me, Dale Stevens, and Gavin Coyle, whose workshop it is. And um, we are contemporary furniture makers, predominantly in wood and related materials, but as a bit of a mixed bag, really. A lot of freestanding furniture and decorative items, all, all solid hardwood made here with local timbers. And um, there's quite a, an eclectic offering this year. And we're open for people to come and visit and we're happy to talk about what we do. Uh, we do a lot of commissioned and private commissioned work, so what you see isn't all that we do. So me personally, I'm showing some recent work that I've been creating, which is very minimalist in style, but crafted with our cabinet making background. So whilst, whilst things appear very simple and not too simple, on closer inspection, you can see the, the finer joinery and the the clever subverting the wood to highlight certain elements of the grain. So whilst a design can appear quite simple, yeah, there's more to it than that. And there's nowhere for any imperfections to hide. When an object is so plain and simple, there's no room for error. My personal business is called Temple, which is T-M-P-L. I'm on Instagram at tmpl.studio. Gavin Coyle has got his own handle on Instagram, that's Gavin Coyle Furniture.
My name is Kayla Katz. I do textile recycling um, in a very untraditional way. <laughs> well, first let me say that this podcast and interview is part of the Art Trail and specifically part of Same Sky Residency, which we are working on very gratefully due to support from artillery. Sounds like you've got a drum roll here. So just let me say that in the background, we've got Dale Taylor. I think she's experimenting with these rain sticks and these long poles. So if you hear the background noise, that's what's going on here. So this is part of the artist collective. Sorry, Kayla, carry on just to let people know. That's exactly what's happening. So we're all testing our ideas for pilots that are going to happen outdoors during the art trail. And yeah, it's really exciting to, we all have really different ideas of what we're working on. Everything is participatory. So everyone who shows up will be able to engage somehow, hands-on and participate in the workshops and events and installations that are taking place. So, so where are you going to be? when you're doing all this. This is some quite exciting equipment that I'm looking at here. <laughs> and you're going to be based where? Um, at the mill. So outside of the mill, we will have textile recycling workshop in a very untraditional way. So we'll actually be making paper, seeded paper, which you can plant in your garden from old cotton textile waste and maybe a piece of your paper recycling that you bring from home. Can you talk about some of the materials that you're going to be using so what will be going into this paper this seeded paper that you're going to be using and creating in fact that I think your participants anybody that comes along has a go at doing this am I right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. anyone who books a spot because we have quite limited spots and with COVID restrictions you definitely need to pre-book ahead of time so do book a spot for one of the workshops And you can come along and get your hands dirty and make a really beautiful piece of seeded paper from completely recycled and local materials, which is really, I think, very cool and innovative. So probably one of the things that we're not going to hear is the sound of this amazing shredder. And what I'm looking at is an amazing contraption, which is almost like something from Aardman Creations. Um, that Kayla did as part of her master's degree at the London College of Fashion. And maybe she can talk us through the materials and how she converts these or how they will be converted from what they are now into something completely new and fresh and beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Actually, the shredding machine is something that I adapted. It was initially, I found the plans online. They're used for shredding plastic. So recycling plastic at home. And I kind of adapted and built this machine to be able to work for textiles, which was a real trial and error process. But it does work. And I've collected some offcuts from local designers from their making process. So from the manufacturing process, when people are making garments, they always have those little bits of fabric left over where you can't really do anything with it because they're so small and misshapen. So those are the bits that I was like, this is the real waste material that really has no other potential. Let's experiment with this. So I've shredded it down into really fine fiber, cotton fiber, which I specifically was looking for those cotton materials because they're compostable and biodegradable, so they have a lot more potential. But you can really shred down any material. 
here we go again with those rainy sticks. No, it's all right. We know what you're doing. Absolutely. We've already explained all that. It's it's just part of the territory. Shall we? Shall we have a listen to that shredder? In we can. Yeah. see what it sounds like because I think this is what the audience won't hear but Kayla will be preparing a lot of these materials in advance because one it's very noisy two I think there's a danger involved in all of this which <laughs> only in safe hands can this be done but so it would also speed up the process I guess yes definitely because it does take time to really get that raw material filed down into really fine fiber so it's definitely a process which I'll demonstrate at the workshop but I will have the materials pre-shredded so that everyone has enough to make with and experiment with so mm, but it's a pretty amazing machine i'm wondering what this i'm pointing at something which i know you will not be able to see on a podcast but this. yep that's the motor and the motor is attached to the shredder box on the right hand side and it's all mounted into a table i can turn it on if you want to yeah, hear yeah, it okay So Kayla, I want to know about the pandemic and how it's affected your artistic process and how you've adapted, what new things you might have come up with, any new ideas? Yeah, the pandemic was actually really challenging because I was in my final few months of finishing my degree and I obviously have a very hands-on project that I was doing. So it really took a lot of planning and preparation to get everything just right. Um, there were some limitations, like I did want to experiment with actually developing full-on products from just the one material that I initially made, but I kind of switched that and decided actually the materials are really interesting, and with the kind of scale of work that I'm working on, maybe I'll just experiment with making different materials. So I then first started with biomaterials, making textiles and bioplastics into this kind of like leather-like material. Um, I also experimented with turning textiles into a more solid, almost like board-like material, um, which I don't have a sample with me today, but that was something that I came up with through my MA. And through this artist residency, I've been experimenting with turning the textile fiber into paper-like materials. So yeah, I think the challenges really enabled a different kind of experimentation. Mm. So we looked at some of the creations and they're, they're very, very organic looking anyway. So from something that is a waste product, and I know it's cotton and that might have been initially a natural product, but then it's, it's gone full circle. But mm -hmm. what you've created and the end product is actually very beautiful and very as I said, organic looking. Mm -hmm. I think it's really worth coming in and having a look at this and having a go at this. And you can see the process itself, which is very interesting. Well, through the workshop, we're also going to be thinking about, you know, how we perceive waste. And, you know, sometimes we mindlessly just throw the mail into the recycling or we have an old cotton rag that's lived out its life and we just throw it in the bin because what else are you really going to do with it? And I think the idea behind the workshop is really to get people to see the value behind some of these things that maybe we don't initially think of as having any innate value, but actually transforming this truly just rubbish into something really beautiful that then you can take home and grow and flourish into something new. I think it's really symbolic for how 
our hopes and dreams maybe for the planet and how individual actions can kind of shift the wider problems in the world. So I'm wondering um, how a lot of these products would have started off as fast fashion garments and it's something very close to my heart how things work in these factories and there are lots of issues going on and in terms of creating, I see you've got denim there and we're talking about the amount of water that's used and all of that in the process. In terms of the carbon footprint, when we're looking at the production of what you create, mm -hmm. can you talk about that a little bit? And maybe the ideas about fast fashion and how that might have influenced you as well. Yeah, well, actually, it's really interesting that you bring up fast fashion because all of this has stemmed from my personal experience with fast fashion. Obviously, I did my undergrad as a fashion designer, so that's what I was raised and trained to do ever since I was a teenager I was making my own clothes but then I went to New York City and there I got a job at a big fashion firm and I started designing behind a computer and that's where I saw working for this fast fashion company what it was really like like I had always had an idea you know fast fashion isn't good I'll buy my clothes secondhand but when it was actually my job to order the things and reject the fabric when it came in off standard and all of the millions and millions of meters that were going to waste and I was having to see all those decisions from the inside, I was like, this is not what I signed up for as being a creative, this is not what I wanna do. I've gotta completely change my career. And so the only way to do that was really to come to London and do a really specific MA in sustainable fashion, which Fashion Futures at London College of Fashion, which I highly recommend. And it's really the only MA that specializes in sustainable fashion, which is really, really interesting. I think there's gonna be a big demand for more of those courses in the future. My name is Lily, aka Lilith Storm Photography, and I'm a photographer, obviously. <laughs> My artwork basically is extremely colourful and vibrant, and a lot of the people so far have said it looks like um, paintings or digital art, and they find it hard to believe that it's, uh, you know, photographs. This is because I utilise the long exposure on my camera in order to create these incredible light trails uh, to create quite a psychedelic effect, almost like you're on an acid trip or something, you know. A lot of people have told me it, you know, reminds them of that. Yeah, I'm all about colours and patterns and lights and, yeah, capturing things in a really unique way that bring out the imagination more, you know. I'm a 52B Belheim Road, 10D on the manual. And yeah, so you can check me out on Instagram, Lilith Storm Photography, uh, or on Facebook as well. That's actually got more of my work on there. Feel free to get in touch and yeah, come check it out. So this is venue 21 on the Black Horse Trail, 18 Longfield Avenue, opposite Stony Down Park, if you want to come and visit. And you are? My name's Amy. And is this your exhibition or are you doing yeah. this together? This is sort of my baby in a way, but I've been definitely getting lots of people to help and got some nice volunteers, so yeah. And you're Steph? I'm Steph indeed and I'm helping Amy with this project. Brilliant. So tell us what it is then. So this is essentially, I'm trying to build like this mobile little island of 
kind of art and information that can travel around different places and pop up in like parks or in schools or in a marketplace or on a high street and it's like where we can kind of think and talk about about climate and about how we respond as a society um, to this big challenge that we're facing because I'm creating it because I feel that we're not really good at talking about it well I know that we're not good at talking about it or even really thinking about it and yeah we sort of are at this point where our storytelling has has kind of has sort of failed us in a way and by through, through like media and just like the stories we tell ourselves through culture yeah there's been like a sort of a failure of storytelling and there's been a failure of imagination and the stories that we think about when a climate are often like really dystopian are often really scary they're often riddled with guilt lots of people when they think and talk about climate feel really guilty because the stories we've been telling around that are the wrong stories. Like, we've been telling this story that it's all the individual's fault. It's like, you know, it's your fault that you haven't recycled enough, that you went on that holiday to Bali and it's your fault that, like, climate's happening. And actually it's, like, a wider... It's like a wider issue than that. It's bigger than just individual. It's like to do with corporations and power and government and culture and our identities. And it's, like, a lot bigger than whether you've put the recycling out. So, yeah. So tell us what people see when they come here. Okay, this is like a, um, it's like a sort of work in progress version. Like, because when I saw that the theme was possible futures, I, uh, I was like, well, this is all about how we imagine the future. And um, so I thought we had to be a part of it, even if it wasn't finished. Because what I want to have is like a bike trailer that like opens up like this like beautiful kind of funny little thing that makes people curious and want to see more. So there'll be like canvas posters printed. We have a couple of examples of the two kind of canvases that will be on it. But it'll also, eventually the bike trailer will have canvases that talk about like what a Green New Deal is, talks about like what reparations would be. There'll be a little bit of like climate science basics. There'll also be really great like directory about what's happening like locally. And most importantly will be just like beautiful images and writing about like the decarbonized society that is possible. Because it is possible. It's like the future that we need to build that like tackles the climate crisis will also tackle inequality or tackle like poor housing or tackle like bad jobs you know like we, we could be living in much like greener more beautiful cities with like great mass public transport systems and insulated houses and you know it could be really great and we and main and most importantly we'll tackle like inequality because we have to because the inequality and the climate crisis are two sides of the same coin and we can't solve one without the other so that's um what i'm trying to like communicate in like a really beautiful way so you're doing it through posters there'll be posters on a bike trailer but what we have now is more like the plan for it yeah so there's a poster up there talking about like what it will look like what it's for we're doing a crowdfunder because we need a bit more money to build the actual bike so you can link through it to it there so you've got one called solastalgia. Solastalgia. Solastalgia is like, it was a term coined by Glenn Albright. He's like a researcher and that talks about like the feeling of loss we have when we witness our home changing or slipping away. And so that poster kind of introduces that phrase and what it means and then it talks more about like ecological grief. So, yeah. I think that's so important because once you get into the climate emergency and everything to do with it, it is a grief, isn't it? It is like this overwhelming emotion that you don't know what to do with it. And we've all got to help each other both understand it all and then deal with the grief. Yeah, definitely. Our society is very, like, 
positive thinking focused and like you know we're not really good at talking about like big sad feelings and we you know like like particularly you know so talking about like climate in a big group no one wants to be the Debbie Downer you know and and no one really we don't know what to do with those such a good phrase yeah no one wants to be the party pooper or the Debbie Downer so we shy away from discussing these things or expressing these feelings and the next one says extract and amplify yeah, that one is, it's quite a heavy poster, that one. <laughs> but, um, but it's like these two posters are the two that different artists have come forward and said they wanted to illustrate. So Extract and Amplify is illustrated by this really great artist called Cheesy. And she's like a British, American, Nigerian with Igbo heritage. So she, she's this really great multimedia artist. So she wanted to do that. So that's one of the first posters we wrote up. And Extract and Amplify is about essentially kind of the the mindset of that underpins like a lot of the problems which we have which is the mindset of like domination and exploitation it's like it's about capitalism it's about colonialism it's about the kind of patriarchal mindset that says that all this is for us to have so there's this phrase called the just transition yeah. isn't there we've yeah. got to have a transition that exactly. is just yeah. that is that is fair to everybody yeah. and managing climate change is going to be hard enough on its own isn't yeah. it but it will be a disaster if we don't make it fair for people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's like that will mean, like, you know, support for the workers in the fossil fuel industries, like supporting them to transition into jobs that still support them and support their families and gives them, like, you know, a sense of identity and and place and belonging because that's really important. So this is, like, you're showing these posters to people and then crowdfunding for the actual yes, bike yeah. trailer, right? The bike trailer, yeah. Which you'll take to schools and all, we'll all sorts of places. Anywhere, really, anywhere. Because like, people I call like climate aware are okay with talking about this. It's, I feel like it's still in small circles. So I want to take it to more like other more public places. So yeah, so into like parks, onto like a high street or, you know, anywhere really. I'd love to also take it into like like places of worship or, you know, I'd love to be able to take it to like a mosque or you know, a good water or something. And then, and, and maybe that could be used as a trigger for some conversations. And maybe you could create a poster that speaks to the Islamic approach to earth care. Cause there is a really strong approach in, in Islam uh, about like caring for the earth. So, so it'd be really great. And then that, that in a way would help like bring in other conversations, other voices, lots of voices get left out of these conversations. So I'm really interested in, in how we bring in more voices, more voices from the community and yeah. It's such a brilliant idea. So how do people contribute to your crowdfunder? Our website is www.hubren.org. It's H-U-B-R-E-N. And there's a link on there to a crowdfunder. So, yeah, or, or um, if they came here, there's a poster with a QR code and they could, like, just blip that open on their phone. That's the other way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're in the Copper Mill area, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Copper Mill Black Horse. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah we're just opposite Stony Dam Park, yeah. so it's easy. Yes. So come, Yeah, everybody. please do. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining into these podcasts we hope you've been inspired by the content and that maybe in the possible future you'll take part and make art it's hard to fly.